Me. Father God, we just thank you so much that um, that it's okay to not be okay, but that you love us anyways. Thank you for always being there beside us, behind us, in front of us. We thank you for that. And Lord, um, be with Michael as we bring, as we be, as we are your instrument, and we bring what you have to share today, Lord. Use us. If there's anything that we say that is not within what you want, may be quickly forgotten. Yes. Lord, and that it just be your, your words, your voice that is heard today as we talk about what it means to be real with you and with ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, my goodness. Last week, we, we, we've been walking through uh, the core values of the jar, and we spent a few weeks on joy, and we are right in the middle of a three-week series on authenticity. And if you missed last week, what we talked about last week was just that, it, that we have to be willing to be open in order for us to be blessed by God. We have to be willing to be open. And that's one of the reasons that he gave us the church was so that we could be open with people who were of like mind, people who believed the same things that we did about forgiveness and love and acceptance and those kinds of things. But that requires us to be the kind of people that can be trusted with it. And so what does that look like to build that kind of community and how we want to build that kind of community here at the JAR this week, last week we talked about being open. This week we're talking about being genuine. But let's, to be genuine is to be real, right? It's, it, be really who you are. Uh, but let's be honest with ourselves. We, we struggle with that because we can sometimes even get confused on what genuine is for us. Um, and the world is out there telling us that we, we, can, we can express ourselves however we want. And when we do that, we're being genuine. We, we're wondering if that's true, because if we think being genuine means expressing ourselves however we want, then it's just as genuine to be a criminal as it is to be a law-abiding citizen. It's just as, uh, um, as genuine uh, to be a, a, a person who hates people as a person who loves people. It's just as genuine to be a racist as it is to be a person who seeks peace among all ethnicities. So being genuine isn't just about being genuine, isn't it? Is it? There's something more to it. And so we just want to talk about that today. And, you know, we always spend a little bit of time just asking you to consider a question. And so that's the question we're asking you to consider today is what if being genuine is deeper than that? And we'll give you a few seconds to think about that. We're going to spend some time in 1 John today. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. If, if you do not have Bibles, the Bibles are underneath the, in the coffee tables there. You can pull those out, and they'll have the same version we're using, which right now is the New Living Translation, the NLT. Um, but 1 John is toward the end of the Bible. The three Johns and Jude are the last letters right before Revelation. So if you go all the way to the back to Revelation, you turn left, 
You'll go through Jude, third, second John, and first, second, first John is the longest one, and it's only five chapters, so it won't take you very long to get to it. We're in first John chapter one, and John, we, we are absolutely certain John wrote this. Uh, if he wrote the gospel of John, then he wrote this, because he starts in the first four verses saying much the same as what he says in his gospel, which is, in the beginning was the word. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. And he, he starts his gospel in very much the same way. But when he gets done with that, he's, he's writing a letter to a church. He's trying to help them to understand what it means to be a brotherhood and to be uh, fully devoted and, and, um, and ready to understand what it means to be a believer in Christ and follow him. So he says, if you're there, say amen. 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 All right. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, if you go on into it, he says, look, if you say you don't have any sin, you're fooling yourself. Uh, the truth is we all have it. And he goes even further than that to say, we call God a liar if we say we have no sin. God, When God says that man's heart is evil and we say, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't do anything wrong. We're saying that God is a liar about that. Um, but those of us who have come to Christ know this for sure. If you're not yet a believer, it may be that this is hard for you to swallow because what the world wants to tell you is you're okay no matter where you are and whatever's going on. And you, you, can, you can believe and think and be whatever you want to be and everything is just peachy. Uh, but God says, listen, there is a way to live that we all should be trying to live because it's the best way for us to live and it's the best for the people around us if we live that way. It's the way to be in community. And when you do things that, that break your relationship with God, hurt yourself and hurt others, the Bible calls that thing sin. And the easiest way to think of sin is to miss the mark. All right, so what is sin? It's missing the mark. So if I ask you to, will you say it back to me? What is sin? Missing the mark. Okay, so we have to know what the mark is, don't we? Well, God here is saying that he is light. And what he means by that is not um, that he's the good guy. What he means is that he ha is perfect and he is able to be in the light because there is nothing he has to hide. All of his character, all of his actions, all of his words, everything about him is holy and therefore he has nothing to hide. And he says, if we are living in the light, through, through John, he says, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. In other words, in order for us to be authentic, we have to live in a way that honors what God is doing, what, who God is, God's character, God's teaching, God's word, God's actions. We need to, to honor that. And when we do, we are in the light and we don't have any reason to be in darkness. But the minute we start missing the mark, Darkness becomes our friend. And when I say darkness, I don't mean evil. What I mean is trying to hide things. How many of you know 
that when you do something wrong, the very first thing you think to do is lie about it. I call lie the parasite sin. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that kind of follows after everything else that you do wrong in life. You don't want anybody to know. You spent that extra money in the account and your spouse just found out and you lie about it because you don't want them to know what you really use the money for or why you use the money when you did. You, 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 you struggled in a relationship and you were supposed to, to show somebody how much you care about them by showing up somewhere at a certain time and you didn't show up and you make up lies for why you couldn't show up. There are different things that we do like that that, that we want to hide what's happening. The problem is God is light. And if you look in Psalm 139, he tells you even in the darkness... It is like light to God. So you're not hiding anything from him. And so he's constantly asking us to live in the light. And often through the scripture, Jesus says things like, you are the light of the world. He's, Isaiah says in Isaiah 2.5, come on, Israel, live as if you are the light. And so what we start realizing is being authentic, being real is recognizing what it means to live in such a way that everything we do can be exposed to the light. We don't have to worry about having any darkness to hide what it is we're doing, okay? But that's the concept of authenticity. It's not just being real about who you are. It's being real about who you are and living up to a certain understanding of what it means to be a human being. And God gave us that in his law, but he doesn't leave us there in the law to, to flounder and to suffer whenever we make mistakes. Because it says later, if you look in chapter 2, verse 1 of 1 John, it says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not miss the mark. You will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our times we miss the mark. And not only our missing... But the sins, the missing of the mark of the entire world, God has enough grace to forgive everyone. All he asks is that you believe in the one who made that forgiveness possible. So if you're not yet a believer, Christians don't believe that our job is to be good people. Christians believe that God has shown us what it means to be good and we miss the mark. Heaven help us. So heaven did. Mm -hmm. And God came down in the form of Jesus and he lived a life where he did not ever miss the mark. And when he died, he was able to offer himself since he owed nothing. He was able to offer himself to pay the debt for everyone. And we believe because of that, we should let as many people know as possible that this is the way to get back right with God, not only that, but to become authentic ourselves, not only that, but to benefit the people around us by that authenticity. The Bible sometimes calls that integrity. Sometimes it calls it godliness. Sometimes it's called holiness. Authenticity is not being whoever you want to be. Authenticity is being exactly what he made you to be. And that's the real you. And we thought, you know, it would be really good for you if you had a couple of examples. And so Miss Carrie's going to tell us about some examples. 
Well, first off, I want to read to you the Webster's Dictionary Mm -hmm. of Integrity. The Webster's Dictionary says integrity is the steadfast adherence to moral values and truth. Mm. Simply put, integrity is more than just telling the truth. Integrity is doing what we said we would do. Integrity means keeping our word. It means that our words and our actions are the same. In other words, we practice what we preach. Mm. Okay? When talking about the qualities that are necessary for a Christian heart, though, integrity is one quality that cannot be ignored. Yeah. The reason is because that's the type of heart God desires and uses, right? right? So when we're talking about integrity, one of the things that we discussed was it's got to start with the heart. That's right. You can't be uh, forthcoming and truthful to yourself or to others or to God if you don't get your heart right first. Yes. So we're going to talk about three people in the Bible just briefly mm-hmm. to give you examples that had integrity. And the first one is King David. Okay? So basically, God bragged about David's heart. In Acts chapter 13, 22, the Lord's testimony of David says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So he says, basically, David has a heart like mine. So what is God's heart? So I started to look. Numbers 23, 9 describes God's heart and character. And it says, God is not a man. Ooh. There it is. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Right? God is not a man. He's God. So he does not lie. He is not a human. So he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? I'm sorry to interrupt, but what was that? That verse was Numbers 23, 9. First verse was Acts 13, 22. You're welcome. In Psalm 78, 72, it says that David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. Amen. Right? So having integrity is adhering to truth, a code of values. And for Christians, it means adhering to God's word. Therefore, integrity is about being honest, fair, and having a strong sense of what is right and what is wrong. It's adhering to the moral and ethical principles, Mm -hmm. right, that are set forth in God's word, which speaks directly to the person's character and who they truly are, right? My daddy used to have a saying, if you want to know what's really inside the the heart of a man or a woman, squeeze the toothpaste. Yeah. That's right. If you squeeze the toothpaste, whatever comes out of that toothpaste tube is going to tell you real Mm -hmm. quick what's inside, right? He would also say, and once that toothpaste is out, you can't put it back in. Can't put it back in. So whatever comes out has got to stay out. Shaving cream too. That's right, Bubba. This is why integrity of the heart is something God is searching for in his people. In fact, God is pleased when we do walk with integrity in our hearts. Proverbs is another one you guys can write down. Proverbs 11.20. The Lord says that while he detests people with crooked and twisted hearts, he does delight in those with integrity. And I don't know about you all, but nothing makes me happier than to delight my daddy. <laughs> if I make yeah. my daddy happy and he chuckles at me and says, oh, sweet daughter of mine, how that makes my heart so full. Right. And so he's basically saying it delights. I delight in you, Steve. I delight in you, Joy. I delight in you, Derek. 
if you will have a heart of integrity, right? That's what he's looking for. And out of that, you can become the leader and the person that I want you to be. And you may not think of yourself as a leader, but you are. There are people looking to you. We like to think that we have like a a motion sensor, like, you know, the the motion sensor lights, you know, that only come on whenever we whenever we walk by them, right? So only when we walk by people and and we know that they're there, do we know that we're leading them. But the truth is every day, everything you do is an example to someone and you're leading someone. Mm -hmm. But let's let's remember, yes, David was a man after God's own heart, but David wasn't perfect, was he? No. And David fell, and when he fell, there were consequences to that. There were times when he missed the mark, but he looked toward a day where God would fix that for him. And so if you want to look what that, see what that looks like, after David had sinned with Bathsheba and had caused the murder of her husband Uriah, he wrote Psalm 51. Just go to Psalm 51. And if you have been struggling with sin and you are trying to figure out how to get your heart back right with God, Psalm 51 will help you do that. That's right. So now let's talk about our second person in the Bible, Job. God bragged about Job's integrity in the word. We actually see God brag on Job when Satan came before God's throne in Job Job chapter 2, verse 3. And it says, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, right? And he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Right? So God looks for a heart of integrity. What We see it in King David. We see it in Job. And, and I love what Job says in, in chapter, if you go on into, into Job, chapter 27, verses 3 through 6. I love what Job says. He says, as long as I live... While I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil, and my tongue will speak no lies. Mm -hmm. I will never concede that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. And I find it interesting in chapter 2 of Job, if you go further down into verse 9, his wife Yes. When God oh my goodness. does this to Job and, and causes us, allows Satan to do this to Job, his wife says, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, and this is the Carrie version, foolish woman. <laughs> it can't be the Michael version. I got to let her do yeah, that. Foolish wo- woman, you being foolish. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. You've heard the concept, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It's usually said in the King James Version. This is where Job says that. He says, don't you recognize that it's God who is sovereign and he has a right to do whatever he wants to. So I'm going to praise him and keep my integrity, whether I feel like he's giving me things, because Job was a wealthy man. Or whether he's taking away things because Job became not only an, a, a, a poor man, but a destitute man, so sick he could hardly move. And yet, mm-hmm. he maintained his genuine, authentic 
faith. It was more about what was on the inside than what he showed on the outside, Amen. right? So there's that mask we're talking about, like in the video. Yes. Right? We all have masks. We're talking about authenticity. Let's be real with yeah, each other. That's right. We all have masks, right? But what it's what happens in the dark. What happens behind the mask right. that only God can see. Right. And that's the part that we're encouraging you today to be real with yourself about. Okay? Be real I feel, with yourself. I feel, I feel led to share this. I, I love it when we try to put the mask on and it's too late. So one of the fun things about being a pastor is when you meet someone and they don't know and they start talking to you and then somewhere along the line they say, well, what do you do for a living? I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And it's like they're fumbling with their mask to put it on. Right. Because they're like, oh, if I had known, if I had known I would act different. Well, if you would have acted different, you would have been putting on a mask. I met you with who you are. Before I, you knew I was a pastor, I met who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know the person that you would be if you knew. Mm-hmm. I want to know the person that you are right now, mm-hmm. right? But if you are so worried about who you are, then maybe it's time for a change. Mm-hmm. And write this down. Integrity is an inside job. Amen. It's not an outside It's an inside job. One illustration I thought was really cool, you know, a lot of people who are not yets or people who have gone to church or grew up in the church and now are no longer going in some, any kind of gathering in some form or fashion, they like to use that word hypocrite, right? Oh, y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't want to go because it's just nothing but hypocrites. Do y'all know where the word hypocrite came from? The word hypocrite actually was in the Greek theater. It's because they would have different actors who would play different parts in the play or musical or whatever they were putting on. Um, And so they would change their masks to fit the character that they were playing, right? And that's where that word hypocrite comes from. And so integrity begins from inside. And Jesus says we got to cleanse the inside first. And when we do, we'll be clean on the outside. All right? So let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9. Which, by the way, that means there's plenty of hypocrites outside the church, too. That's right. (laughs) Keeping it real. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 17, 9. Because we look at that and we say, wow, Carrie, that's a tall order, right? Mm -hmm. We all have masks. We're all hypocrites sitting in this room, every one of us. Let's, I mean, we are. Right. We all wear different masks depending on where you are, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's here, right? So how do we do that? We call it putting on different hats sometimes. Because mm-hmm. right. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How can we possibly clean it, right? If the word is telling us that our hearts are wicked, how can we clean it? We can't wash it out. I can't take my chest and open it up real wide and pour. Well, I could, but I wouldn't be with you very long, right? (laughs) Pour soap and water in there and wash my heart, right? I can't do that. Um, But so how do we do that? How do we cleanse our heart and make it have more of an integrity, an integrous heart? First, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm actually, um, I think, in, in my personal opinion, to have a clean heart and know who God is, you have to pray to Him and see what He wants you to do for Him and not for yourself. That's right. That's part that's, of it. That's, that's part right. of it. That's, that's part right. of it. But we're going to look at 1 John 1, 9. So it's in the same passage we were just mm-hmm. looking at. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's going to clean us out, y'all. So a heart of integrity is a heart that is free from hypocrisy and a heart that is honest about its true condition before a holy and righteous God. It's a heart that doesn't put on a mask to hide its true identity, making people think it's something it's not. But whether as a Christian, we are willing to say, okay, Lord, who I know I have these masks. I know that my heart is not always clean, but I'm, I'm going to let you know where I am. I'm going to be real with you first, right? Because if I'm real with you first, then I can be real with everyone else, Okay. And you, you know, it's really, about that? it's really easy. It's really easy to be real with God about the things that we've done. As a matter of fact, it's fun to brag to God the things we did for him, right? right? Um, look, look at what I did for you, God. Look at, hey, God, I've been praying all week. Hey, God, I, I've, been, I've been nice to people all week. I've been loving people all week. Um, but what we're talking about is recognizing that we need to come clean with him about everything. In order to be in the light, there could be nothing in the darkness. And listen to me, some of you are hiding things in the dark right now, and you don't want to give them to God. But those things that you have to hide from God are the places where you're missing the mark. And when you miss the mark, it does two things to you. It erodes your integrity, and it burdens your heart. It makes it hard, harder for you to be honest. And it also makes it harder for you to feel good about what's going on. So we have to recognize that and recognize that right in this moment is my opportunity. Because the truth is that if you believe, if you're not yet, you can still do this. Matter of fact, if this is the first time, praise God. You can go to him and say, God, I'm going to finally tell you the truth about this part of my life. I know you already know it, but there's value in me telling it to you and confessing it to you. And when I tell you that truth, God, I'm going to trust that you love me so much, you're going to love me anyway. And if you know the real me, then, and you love me anyway, then you give me strength to be the person you made me to be. So, we, we were in the fellowship hall. And we took a few steps, and you see what happened. I did that whole, just so wow. you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michael's foot, but I did that. So we took a look. I went ahead and fell through it. <laughs> and we saw yeah, that. Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. And we realized. Look at the foundation, you see all. That the wow. foundation. Look at the beams. Was so rotten. That it was just a matter of time before everything fell through. It did not require us making the foundation less rotten. 
It required a whole new foundation. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. Sin erodes, right? It starts with the crack. And then that crack becomes more and more and more to the point where you can't see. We couldn't see all of that, right? Because the floor was covering it. Was covered. It. There was a mask over it. There was a mask over it, right? And we ripped that mask up. And that's what we found underneath. It looked like somebody set a fire to the beams, right? They were falling apart. They were splintered. Oh, they look like shredded wheat. Dirty. Yeah, you know, the, the the frosted shredded wheat. That's what it looked like. That's I told Darren, nasty you stuff. Not find a body is buried in there yeah. anyway. We were more worried about bugs and such. And oh, and little woodland oh. creatures too. Oh, Lordy. How long? How long? How long do you think that that uh, it's been like that? Oh, years. Oh, it, it had to have been there for years and years. Do we, probably maybe even decades. It's been a long time since yeah, anyone's looked a, at the foundation. It used to be a house when I was little. Mm-hmm. Wow. Years old. And that's what happens. That's what happens with sin, right? It erodes our integrity. Erodes sin. Erodes our hearts, and we're no longer. We no longer have that integrity inside, right? And and I know for me, there are parts of my heart that still need to be healed. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. standing before you, and there are still things. There are still areas in my life that if you were to take that mask off, it'd look yeah. like that bottom of that floor. Yes. There are things that God and I still have to work out. And probably will to the day I take my last breath. And that's okay. God knows that. That's right. He knows that. That's right. Um, and it's, it's all right. It's all right. So this is what he's telling us to do is be real with him. And we, we always come up with a B uh, so that you understand. Because that's where God lives. He wants us to be something different. He doesn't want us to do different things. He wants us to be different. And the, what he wants us to be is our authentic selves. So to be real with God is to tell him the truth, right? But it's also a way of saying the only way you can be real is with God. Because God is light. The only way for you to be completely out in the light and be exactly who you were ever supposed to be is to be in that same light with God. So be real with God, but also be real with God. And the way you start that is by telling God the truth. The Bible calls that confessing. So that it helps you rethink what to do next. God calls that repentance. Confess and repent. That's why pastors talk about that all the time. It's because it's a way to get cleansed. As Jeremiah told us, it's a way to get cleansed is to confess and repent. But it's also a way for us to think about it in our heads that this is what God is trying to do for us because there is something in our lives that we need to rethink. There is something that has power over us that shouldn't, and God is angry about that. He's not angry at you for messing up. He's not angry at you for missing the mark. He's angry because his kid is hurting. His kid is less powerful than he or she should be. His kid is being affected by something in their lives that he can't get rid of unless you let him. And there's small cracks in that floor. Mm, Come on. And I made the crack, but guess who stepped through it? Mm. And what does sin do? Sin hurts us and it hurts others. Yes. And the people around us, whether we sometimes whether we realize it or not, and so he's saying, "I don't want, I don't want you to get hurt. You're my daughter. 
You're my son. Yeah. I don't want you to fall through the floor and break your leg. Yeah. Right? I want to keep you safe. And Sometimes I you, you don't I break to, your leg. Sometimes you just look you. foolish. Right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So this is true. God invites us to tell the truth so that he can reveal to us our authentic selves, who we really are. He's the God of the universe. He can handle it. So we, we come to this, and we, we want you to know, um, we always end with a reflection. This is a time for you to reflect on what God has done in your life. So if you're a not yet, then what we want you to reflect on today is, will you listen to God's invitation to be real with him today? Will you tell him the truth and ask him to forgive you? And if you are already a believer, you want to do that one you? Will you bravely tell God the truth today? If there's something deep in your heart or something you know you need to work on, will you tell him? You know, and we talked about King David. For, and this is true for the not yets and already as you were talking about confessing and repenting. David had to do that multiple times. Yes, yes. You know, God said, as we learned earlier, he, he's, you know, God, God saw his heart. He knew who David could really be. He saw him for who he really was and what he, who he could be. But David messed up because he was human, just like you and me. Um, and if you want to see that, go read the Psalms. Mm. Right? Yeah, that's right. Where there's times where David will say all of these things. He is just, I mean, mm. up front with God telling him what he thinks. To the point where we're like, ooh, I can't believe yeah. God didn't strike him down right there. That's right. <laughs> right? But, then it, but if you'll notice, though, with David, he'll start out that way, but then he'll slowly turn. Right? And he'll say, oh, what a good, good God you are. And then he'll begin to praise him. Yes. And I think sometimes we struggle to praise God because we haven't been honest first. That's right. We got to tell him and then we can praise him. And he'll be there with us through it all because he loves us no matter what. Okay? So now is our time of reflection. Um, this is a time where you guys can take communion if you so choose. You yes. can pray. Yes. Michael and I will be in the back if you need prayer. We'll, we would be we would love to pray and be honored to pray over you. Um, but we're gonna the song that I chose to play today is called "Canvas in the Clay," and I think that's so perfect for us here at the Jar, right? Right. Right. That we are we are jars, we are vessels, and God is the Potter. He is creating us and molding us. And sometimes the cracks in our jars have to be fixed. They have to be mended so the rest of the jar doesn't collapse. And so I think Canvas in the Clay is just a perfect song for us to reflect on what we've learned today. It's been a tough teaching. It's hard, yes. y'all. Yes. Ooh, stepping on Authenticity, man, it's it's messing with us. Ooh, being real is so, hard. That's right. Hard. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, this was hard for us to study. Mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of pastors and Leaders, they struggled to teach on this topic because we had, it, it took us a little bit. There was until, less material for this than anything else well, we've studied so far. And God kind of was taking us all different uh-huh. directions this uh-huh. week. We were struggling just to figure out where he wanted us to go. And I think it's because it's, it's, ooh, it can yeah. hurt a little bit, you know, when you talk about it. Um, but we, we hope that we presented it to you the way God would present it to you today, which is out of love. Yes. Truth and love. Because that's who God is. He's yes. not here to condemn. He's here to love you no matter what. And so hopefully you heard that with the heart of God today in that love and that truth. 
Um, yeah. But we're going to give you guys time to reflect. Yeah. Um, one, one of our team members, Keith, is going to come around with communion cups. You, if you're Keith. a believer, you can take one if you want. You're not required to, but if you right. want to take communion during that time, you can. Perfect. And then after reflection, we'll have our five-minute break, and then we'll come back to our tables. All right?